Hello and welcome back to another Millsurf HQ podcast. We are back from Kansas City. That's right, we made it, and I'm happy to report I survived my first trip out to the middle of the country. So today we're going to bring you our part two of the military arms show, or I've been calling it the After KC show. And I'm Tom, and as always, I'm with a person who I met and know in real life, Kelly. What's up? Howdy, everyone. Thank you all for joining, and thank thank you for coming back. Yeah, so we got to meet up finally, so that was cool. And we got to meet up with Danny and a lot of cool people. So let me remind everyone why we even went to Kansas City. We're part of the Millsurf World podcast crew, the Discord. That's the one that's run by Danny and Aaron. And a group of us there that have been for years talking about meeting up decided to finally do it. And uh, Danny lives in KC, said there's a show coming up. So next thing you know, I'm sweating my balls off in 100 degree heat in Missouri. Uh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, you... <laughs> You're from Texas. I, you're probably comfortable with that, but I'm not. So Ooh. we had about 15 or so of us, I think. Uh, half were local, others flew and drew, drove over. And it was the destination was the show, but also Danny's legendary wall of firearms. But the main thing was the 52nd annual Missouri Valley Arms Collectors Association show, a uh, 700 table show that's held over at the airport. And to help us talk about our experiences there, we have one of the guys that joined us out there. Evan, thank you for joining us, Evan. Thanks for having me. What's up? Not much. How are you guys doing? Good. And we have to ask you, like everyone has to be asked, what do you collect? What is your focus? Let's get some insight. Sure. So I've kind of jumped down a couple rabbit holes here. Uh, I started primarily with World War II handguns. Uh, the longer I'm in the Milsurp World Discord, the more Japanese rifles I've also collected. Uh, yeah, uh, the Discord is good for a, a lot of things, but if you ask if you should buy something, you're gonna the answer is gonna be yes. So always. <laughs> yeah, those those are some deep rabbit holes to go down. So good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> and so World War II pistols. Wow. So did you now then get into the rifles? Uh, so I was kind of born into Millsurf collecting. My dad has pretty much all of the World War II through Vietnam War rifles done. Wow. Well, that's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, my brother and I have a deal kind of set out for the inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not from a free state, so in the hotel lobby where people walking around with guns slung over their back, it, it was crazy. And even online, the line was built up right at the opening each day, and there was just a good percentage, maybe 15% of people brought rifles to be sold. So I'm not used oh, yeah. to seeing all that all it always, out public. It always feels weird when you first get to a gun show and you're like bringing a rifle. You're like, am I at the right place? Am I walking into somewhere with a rifle over my shoulder? Am I supposed to be? And you see other people doing it. Okay, all right, I'm in the right place. <laughs> and Eva, where are you? You're, you're nearby though, right? Uh, I'm in Indiana. Oh, you're nearby. You're states away, right? <laughs> yeah. I did make the mistake of driving to KC. <laughs> how long was that? How long was that? That was about nine and a half. Ooh, yeah, that's about how far it would have been for me. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I heard you drove, so I thought you were local, but oh, wow. More power to you. <laughs> nine and a half hours. <laughs> um, so how's your state then in comparison to uh is it a free state i don't know much about indiana 
we're pretty good on gun laws, but I mean, we have constitutional carry now. Um, and more importantly, is it 105 degrees there? No, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Getting quite a bit of rain recently. Oh, jeez. Today yeah. is only 103, so yeah. Ah, dry heat. So, on the last show, we talked about Fridays being uh, rumored to be the day where you get all these deals, and it's the vendor setup day, and they wheel and deal and offer things for a discount and whatnot. And for this trip, we were members of the Missouri Valley Arms Association. So we had access to Friday, which was awesome. So we got to get in there and see if it's a rumor or not. Spoiler alert, there are deals to be had on Friday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, it felt just like the regular gun show, just far less people and like half the tables weren't set up. But there were vendors were definitely open. The deals were being being made. Guns were bought. Yeah, so all right, so let's paint a little picture here for the listeners. So it was a expo center, so it was a big, giant, empty rectangle. The, the website says 70,000 square feet holds 4,000 people, and um, I believe they had over 700 tables this year. So it's this big, giant room. The rules, though, for buying a table said only firearms, armor, and military historical items are allowed on exhibit. Yeah, that's so, nice. So I went in expecting no tasers, jellies, and jerkies, but I didn't expect to walk in, and it was just wall-to-wall wooden stocked guns. Beautiful. Yeah, that that was a pleasant surprise, because, like, at any gun show, you expect to see, like, the table full of ARs and a table full of Glocks and modern pistols and yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, there was, like, one or two of those out of the 700 tables, and the rest was just old mill serps or... Lever actions. There were some like hunting shotgun tables and stuff like that, but it was vast majority mill serps and other old guns, which you you never see. That's why it was such a good show to go to. That's why they chose this one and they hyped it up, and they were right. Yeah. How how about in Indiana? Do you have shows that compare to this? So I grew up going to gun shows. Um, I'm still in my twenties, but I feel like they've definitely kind of fallen off. Definitely smaller than the KC show. You get roofing companies, stuff like that. Yeah, this was unique from what I hear with the, some of the other larger shows like Tulsa. That because Tulsa has the jerkies and the jellies, so the fact that it it kept those out and it was still not all ARs and other things that it could have been was amazing. Like, yeah. what was the first thing you guys saw when you walked in that that stood out? First thing I saw was a it was a Type ninety nine Arasaka sniper. That would stand out. Yeah, yeah. definitely good. I think the very first table I saw was like some Japanese uh, katanas, like World War Two era. There's like a whole rack of them, like right in front of the door as you walked in. Um, I walked in, but I, there was people kind of you know right, congregating right in front, so I had to go to the right a little bit, and I saw the left handed nineteen oh three Springfield table. Oh yeah, that was a un- unique one, so, and that was part of the part of the displays they had there, which is another unique thing you don't see at a lot of gun shows. Yeah, so we had this big rectangle, and like most of the outside, I guess most of the outside of the back and on the sides were set up displays that were we're talking hundreds of thousand dollars worth of guns just for display with look like school projects, some of them like oak tag on, and, you know. Yeah, when every Winchester rifle from the first model to the last. There was a Marlin table. 
every model. They had a display contest, and that was obvious they needed one of those because it was all the displays were so great. Yep, and that's how we got into the show because we were part of the Millsurp World group, and the Danny at Millsurp World had a display table there, so they go in and set up Friday, so we're able to join and help out, but also go go around and look at everything. So there's a little tip and trick. I think they might have mentioned that, and like, yeah, have a display table if you're not selling anything, you can still get in early and see all the good stuff on Friday. And speak, speaking of that display table, Danny's table was great. He had a G41, a G43, a couple of K98s, and all those medals, German medals in uniform. Yeah, he did a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff. And it also, it was helpful to have like a home base since there's so many of us there and everybody's like buying stuff and they don't want to carry it around for the rest of the day. So they'll just like take it and put it under the table and they know it's a safe spot or come in, have a seat or go grab a, a drink or something and come back. And, you know, as far as wheeling and dealing, I saw more than one table have two vendors. One guy would go off, buy something, come back and say, and say I just bought this, blah, 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 put it out for this much and go back out. Yep. So yeah, there was, definitely... it, yeah, there was a lot of turnover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely plenty of that. Now, tell them about the bayonet issue with that idiot. Yeah, so some some people can be a little weird about the friday sales versus other day sales so there was a a swiss sawback bayonet and the table i found it at it was 300 dollars on that friday when everyone was setting up this guy's already all set up he's just chilling there and i didn't want to spend all my all my money on the first day so i'm like eh, I'll, I'll wait and see what else i see tomorrow on saturday because we're spending the whole day there saturday so Saturday comes, and I only spent a little bit, so I still had some cash left over. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get that bayonet, because I, I, I don't want to saw sawback. Who doesn't? And then I, when I go over there, I'm like, hey, I'm interested in the sawback. Uh, I'll take it. He's like, all right, 400 bucks. I'm like, um, what? It was 300 bucks yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, well, there's people here now. There's more demand for it. I'm like, no, I, there's I not. Believe it's, it. it's still here. There's clearly not demand for it. If it's still here, it was... 300 bucks yesterday he's like nope 400 i'll, I'll come i'll come down to, to 350 and meet you in the middle i'm like no it's 300 yesterday i want to pay 300 and so we didn't we didn't find a deal so i'm i, I believe he went home with it on sunday so that, that's on him for having dumb rules <laughs> like that yeah it was amazing that he said that there's people here now that's that's the difference so i guess dealers have their own special pricing for other dealers too I'd say like 85% or so of the tables were probably set up by Friday, maybe 80% or something. But did you see some people set them up and then covered them right away? They didn't sell anything on Friday. Yeah, yeah they just covered them, went home. They they just waited for Saturday. And, and some people put a note. They left their table unattended and just had a note. If you're interested in a price, call this number. I'm here at the show. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, they were walking around buying stuff. The vibe on Friday was awesome like that. It was so less crowded. You could play with everything. You could negotiate quietly. The, the Saturday was maybe three times as many people, right? I think it was oh, a lot. Yeah. At least. Yeah, the aisles were packed. Everybody, there's, everyone was looking at everything. There were tons of people there. It was crowded the whole day, pretty much. Price-wise, overall, did you think it was cheaper than what the going rate on everything? No way. Or uh, how much more expensive, I should say. I didn't think it was so bad. Personally, I thought it was like 
the prices were kind of like 10 to 20% higher than the deals you could find. Yeah, and they always build in room for negotiation at gun shows, as we heard with Matt last time. But yeah, overall, I'd say like they weren't they weren't bad. There's nothing. I mean, there were. I'm sure there were some outstanding deals to be had. Probably got all snatched up on Friday. But I mean, I mean, some some were obviously ridiculous, like that that one table we talked about with Millsurf World. But uh, overall, I mean, they were seemed pretty fair. What held me back a lot was I had to fly home. So if I if I bought something like a rifle or pistol, I got to figure out how to get it home, whether it be shipping or trying to check a bag and dealing with that nonsense. Right. Yeah. Like like the best deals that I saw were were ones that were just priced right. You know. Like yeah. I didn't see anything that was a steal by any means. Personally, I'd agree with that. Right. There's. I mean, the and and the few things that I thought were pretty good deals or price right were gone the next time i went back so. oh yeah yeah things went quick um i wrote down a few things that i remembered was i was looking at the m1 garens or garands um just to see what the lowest price i could find the lowest price i saw was 1400 wow and it was a h and r i think i saw one for a thousand it was just like your standard rack grade from the cmp which is like 750 if you go there so me. That one probably, probably, got probably gone by the time I got there. Yeah. Um, I was looking for looking at the Enfields. Now, if the price was right, I would figure out how to get it home. But uh, yeah. I, looked, I was looking for things anyway. Yeah, the Enfields a, were a little expensive. Yeah, there weren't a lot of... The, the one thing I did see a lot of was Japanese stuff. It seemed like there was a ton of Japanese stuff at this show. Like, every third table seemed like had a Type 99 or Type 38. I think I saw, like eight different type 38 carbines and there was like oh at least two or three type 94 nambus weirdly four to six baby nambus and like two papa nambus it was there was a ton of japanese stuff here no no type 30 though uh what was that evan uh there was a grandpa nambu even oh yeah that's right with like the stock and everything yeah you never see that kind of stuff Right, there was no Type Thirty, which I was I happened to be looking for and didn't see. But all those other ones, yes, that Japanese was by far the most represented, I think. Other than German or American, which that's that's any any mill Yeah, but even those, the, there was a lot of 1903 variations. I did notice, but there wasn't a lot of 1917s. Yeah, I saw at least. I mean, I saw five or six of them. Oh, jeez, maybe I'm not looking as good as you were. Yeah, <laughs> I got an eye for them, but yeah, I saw. Yeah, five or six, I, which that's I thought I saw crazy. like three or so. Because I was probably yeah. trying to price them all. I mean, they're more common to see than a lot of other things. What else did I see there? Oh, yeah, I saw like 10 infield or Webley revolvers there. And they're all, almost all of them were too expensive except one table. I really thought about getting it, but it was like, it was like maybe 50 bucks under market or like 75 bucks under market. So I'm like, eh, I don't really need it. Let somebody else have the deal. I can find one eventually. It's not high on my list, kind of thing. So, what were the ones you kept going back to? Didn't you have that uh, Bodeo or something? Oh, so the one I really wanted that was there was a Ross and Gasser eighteen ninety eight, which is the Austro-Hungarian revolver, World War One, and they had it at seven fifty, and it was a little rough. And seven fifty is about market, and I wanted to pay under market, so I offered. I went. I went back and looked at it, and I didn't find anything the rest of the day. I offered six fifty, which I thought would be if I could get for six fifty, I'd I'd take that 
and I would deal with getting it home. And the, the table was a little bit weird. They had a lot of good stuff, but they're like, oh, we price our stuff fairly. We don't really negotiate. We'll do seven twenty-five. We're like, <laughs> that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, eh, no, I'm good. Never mind. <laughs> but what sucked is every time we went somewhere, we kept passing that table. It yeah, was just... there. <laughs> Mocking me, but yeah, that, that was odd. That, like, you don't negotiate and you come to a gun show. Like, come on, yeah, you kind of had the I know what I got kind of vibe, yeah, yeah, right. And some of their stuff was like crazy price. Like, I think they had a G41 that uh, some of the local guys said that they've had for years and it was like 9,500 when they're going for like six grand regularly. You know, uh, one of the deals that I would have jumped on if I was buying hardcore would be the arasaka that one of the guys in our group got like i said before the people are walking in with guns on their back and a lot of them would put a sign and just tape it to the gun saying you know arasaka 650 or whatever it was and this guy had a early arasaka right with mum monopod any aircraft wings and it was 850 850 i mean that's he that was the winner with Damn. the bayonet. <laughs> True, yeah, with the bayonet. I mean, that yeah, I was think, a great deal. And I, I think he talked him down a little bit, too. Yeah, that was a, that was one of the solid deals there. Um, Evan, did you, did you end up getting anything? I just bought a book on German handguns, but um, I'm kind of in this. I was in the same boat as Tom where I spent a little bit of my money before I left for the show and uh, couldn't exactly get what I wanted <laughs> at the show. <laughs> messed up. Yeah, uh, there's some there were some decent deals on handguns. I, I saw some decent priced Beretta 1934s and 35s. Yeah, there were like an oddly high number of those. I think I saw probably about a half dozen also. Yeah, I, I saw one under five. That's not bad. Yeah, I know there's a couple of Type 94s that were reasonably priced. Also, this the Surrender pistols. Yeah, I, I actually heard a FUD say surrender pistol as he was walking by. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, there was some, there was some good FUD lore there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we can get into some FUD lore because uh, they, they, they... I don't like ganging up on the FUDs, but they volunteer and push themselves into your life without you asking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you a comment on anything, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> right even evan now does not have long hair like like some sort of hippie right right so the uh the vendor who was selling that swiss sawback was the one who told me i needed to get a haircut and go talk to my local recruiter <laughs> that would be the best decision i ever made just say something to piss him off or what you just looked at him wrong i was just looking at his wares <laughs> hey kid join the army no, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah so the, the FUDs were sharing a lot of info. They, on Millsop World, they talked about the one where they used, was it, they used 7-7 seven, seven Japanese in the M1 in a pinch? Is that how it was? Yeah, something like, oh, if they the GIs ran out of ammo, they could take 7-7 seven, seven Japanese for, them, for the Arasaka, and they could fire that out of their grand if they needed to. Yeah, and so... Danny had some seven seven brass and just jammed it into his garand and gotta try it. It got stuck. Did oh, not God. extract. It got very stuck because it was a it was an already fired case and 
Arasakas tend to have generous chambers. Right, we're thinking that it expanded way too much. But so, after a yeah. couple of bangs, uh, you got it took, out. Took some mortaring to get that out. Yeah, to go up and help help them. But now uh, I'm kind of curious, like, if I had, like, a unfired piece, could I try that? I'm not trying it. <laughs> I have a dummy around it. I'm not, I thought about it, and I said no. <laughs> I don't want to do it. One fun thing I heard was someone was looking at one of the German guns, and I heard him lean over and say, uh, you got to be careful. German stuff after 43 is dangerous. So mm. not even I can understand maybe saying it for the 45 stuff. 43. After 43. Jeez. So that's more stuff for us, though, you know? Yeah, please. Yeah. L- lower your prices on it. Oh, uh, there was a few of the regular old school uh, uh, FUD lore, the if the mum is ground, that means it's a capture. That's it, hundred percent. Yep, guaranteed capture. Um, J, uh, this Carcano is, is the same that killed JFK. Oh yeah, any Carcano or any even any Monlicker <laughs> action in general. Well, that's one of them JFK rifles. <laughs> and then the one table that got a lot of attention was that sniper table, and I don't know enough about the snipers. I only seen these things in books, you know. But apparently they put, they put out like 20 or so sniper variants, each eight to $15,000 on the tag. And apparently almost every one of them was incorrect in some way or, right, or, or less than ideal. Or they were twice as much, twice as much as they usually go for. And they just had insane prices on everything. So it, from one aspect, it was just great to see these things, you know, you, 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 See about see these things in books. It was great to pick them up and play with them and everything, but no one's walking around with fifteen thousand to throw on a, a non matching <laughs> sniper rifle. Yeah, and if and if they if they are buying one, they've probably done their research and can tell. <laughs> You're right. Is there any more FUD shit? Um oh there's somebody walking around with a SMLE uh, on their back, I think, and I overheard they were walking past some table and somebody yeah. said, "What kind of mosin you got there?" It's just like, God damn it, everything is either a mosin or like a Springfield, no matter what it is. And the coolest vendor I thought was that M1 parts guy, who the the whole like middle of the show was a a guy who had every part for the M1 Garand carbine, the 1903s. But right, like every screw, every spring, like every single. Yeah. So and he kept saying it like he was joking, but he was serious saying like you could put you could piece together your own. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. He said, like, if bring me a receiver and I can build you an entire <laughs> rifle. And he absolutely could. He had every single part from every single manufacturer, it seemed like. And he wanted me to do it the way he was saying it. I said, go get me a receiver. <laughs> he's like hardcore <laughs> it'd yeah. be kind of cool to do if you could do it before the end of the show I'll buy it so that was uh, overall compared to my shows it was you know it was like a dream show because uh, like uh, sheer size I have 25 tables at my show and half of them are Millsurp related but then they're military so you end up with like five good tables yeah about the same for me like we get we have, our shows get pretty big but yeah there's a lot of like the There'll be a four tables that all have the same modern pistols and ARs and jellies and jams and jerkies and <laughs> roofing tiles and random shit like that. And there'll be like four Milsurp tables out of the, the 300 there. Well, 
I'll definitely go back just for that reason that it, you know you're going to see. It's not going to be a waste. Oh, yeah. Tulsa is definitely worth going to, too. It was like three times that big. It takes You can literally walk the whole show. It would take an entire day just to walk and not even <laughs> look at anything, just to walk between the rows. Oh, the auction houses were there. Morphe's and Poolin's. And, uh, it's even more uh, affiliated, maybe. Uh, Simpson and yeah, Old so Steel. For some reason, they put out these displays of their high-end <laughs> uh, rifles and pistols that are on their upcoming auctions. And, I mean, there was a Type 4 Garand copy. There was uh, the 20... The, Vic the Vicar... Vickers Garand, the 22 trainer, gas trap right, Garand. Like, oh my God. What were those things? Like $100,000 estimates? Yeah, they're like 40 to 50K. And yeah, we were chatting, chatting with the Poolins guy, and he's like, Yeah, pick them up, take a look. And I was like, Are you sure? Yeah. So probably the only, only time I'll be able to hold a Type 4. Yeah, right. Yeah, Type 4 Japanese Garand copy. I'm like, I never thought I'd see one of those in person. Here I am holding one. And it was, yeah, that's pretty weird. At and SVT 38, some some guy had like there was so many things that I've I've been dying to f fiddle around with. Yeah, there was like three of those. There was I think I saw. What was that? There were three. Three, yeah, three of those. I saw two Webley Fosberries, the like the zigzag revolvers. We mentioned the all all the different the whole family of Nambus. Yeah. <laughs> the MJ 42 and 65. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, that was yeah. There was double-edged sword. You know, too. I wanted to see you know MG42 play with it, but it was in six five Creedmoor, I believe. Of all things, yeah. yeah. There was some there was some dumb stuff there too, for sure. And I'm gonna say now, uh, the coolest thing any of our guys got was Matt got the law rocket tube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you hit the button. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he got a good deal. Pops out, the sight pops up. It's really he got a nice little rocket tube. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the guys in the, in the group got some good deals. Like, I remember when I first walked in there Friday when they were still setting up. I, I'm looking for looking for the group, and the first thing I see is Danny with a, a Swedish AG42 Lidgeman in each hand. Yeah, he he bought two before we even got there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he just he discussed it on his podcast. He's like, "Well, I bought one for fifteen hundred, then I saw another one for twelve hundred, and I mean, I can't say no to that. I just bought this for fifteen. I'm gonna say no to the one for twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a guy's made out pretty well. Um, besides the Type ninety nine and that, uh, Mike picked up the Martini Henry, uh, the old Swiss Vetterli, and two trench guns. Oh, you got yeah. He got a trench or, and a right. One was gun. a real yeah, right gun and a trench gun. And yeah, he got a little burned on that trench gun because the barrel was just a hair short, but it was still a legit trench gun. Just had like the barrel cut down at some point. But always remember to ask an expert on those. And then yeah, somebody got an Italian TS carbine bayonet for super for a pretty good deal, like half what they go for. Somebody got an East German Makarov. Oh yeah, Mike got a. Walter Model 9, the tiny little 25. Right, so small. Plenty of plenty of other bayonets. I got a couple of boxes of 9 mil Steyr ammo. Someone got a Viz 35, I think. Oh, oh yeah. that's right, yeah. Milser yeah. Duo got a Viz 35. Yeah. No, yeah, Nick also got the Gavari 88. Oh, that was a nice one, that's right. 
Rope had unit rope. marks on the rail for some reason, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, a lot of good stuff there. Plenty of people bought stuff. Uh, I could have bought more, but so we had a small contest where we said for twenty dollars or less, go out and find something, and we'll vote on it. And my entry was a, a rear sight that screws onto a Garand or an M1 carbine or a 1903 n- new or in the wrapper from World War II. And uh, Kelly, you, you, you had... So I got a... It was a oh, hand yeah. trap like to, to throw glaze with using a little hand tosser thing. It was like vintage from the 1960s or 70s. 70s brand new in the box. Never been used. It's like all wood and metal and springs and stuff, and it looks really cool. Yeah, that was cool. And um, a friend Mike got a, a can of emergency water <laughs> from 1944. <laughs> well, let's just be happy it wasn't an emergency because we opened it and <laughs> it, it was it was metal colored and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. probably t- tasted like iron, straight iron. A little bit of cement, yeah, a little. <laughs> And then Matt got a like FAL instruction booklet that has a like a big old blueprint that you could like take out and frame. That was really cool looking. Right. And then I think one one other guy he went over the twenty dollar limit, but he got some Japanese cigarettes from World War Two, which I think that was the winner of the competition. Yeah, that's why he won because it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little <laughs> really more, cool. but that was awesome. And no, we didn't smoke them. I told him to smoke them, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, maybe you'll throw up, but whatever. Um, the only other things that I was looking at, gun-wise, was there was a, a trapdoor in 1866, and I was waiting a while for the price because the person wasn't there. I was that kept going back, and then finally, some guy who I don't want, I'm not, I don't want to be offensive to the elderly, but he looked like he could have used it in war. This old man. <laughs> Uh, he had an insane price, so I didn't buy that. It was like fourteen hundred, but it was so beat up. I'm thinking maybe it's an antique and it's beat up. Maybe the poor man will have a nice price, but no. Like I said before, the deals weren't so numerous. They were like a lot of things were just priced right, so that I didn't feel like I was really close to buying anything. Yeah, if you were like dead set on like looking for something, like I'm gonna buy this, and like. As long as you're fine with paying market price, you probably could have found it there. But if you were looking for like the steals, they're probably all gone Friday. I think for me, it reminded me a lot of the stuff you would see at Nam Creek. Um, the tables there. In a good way or a bad way? A good way, good way. You'd see a lot <laughs> okay. of a lot of military. Uh, some of the oddballs, you know, I remember seeing a lot to you at Nam Creek. Nice. Yeah, I've never been, but R.I.P. Recipes. I was looking looking for an Italian bedeo and I didn't see a single one there, so didn't end up getting any getting that one. But I got it the next weekend. <laughs> oh, I, I have written here. I just reminded myself. See, I brought my notebook. Remember, I said, I brought my notebook and pen to make my little notes, and I wrote down the Long Lee. It was eighteen hundred though, so I'm yeah, not buying. Yeah, I know it. one of our one of our guys was looking at that and he was thinking about it if he could talk him down. But I was playing with it, and it was it was it's such good condition, and it has the volley sights on it, and it 
little crisp markings. It was beautiful. Oh. One day. Right. At least I saw it, how it's beautiful. The one I, I'll get one day is going to be not as good as that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and next time I'm going to bring, I'll check a bag. That way, because, I, 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 you know, you can't put too many uh, bayonets and ammo on your check, you know, on your carry-on these days. Mm, you can't put any. <laughs> right. that, None. That's what, uh, I got a couple of boxes of ammo in my, the mat we had on last time. We were on the same flight. And he got some bayonets, so we just we checked a bag together. Oh, that ended you. up being our down downfall because yeah, we were tra- traveling on the same flight because we live like forty five minutes from each other, and flight ended up being a complete shit show. And our check bag <laughs> meant that we couldn't change planes at one point. We had to go to a different city, and yeah, it was a, it was a nightmare getting back. Well, but still fun, still fun overall. I mean, it was you're downplaying a little bit because it ended with you in a hotel taking the flight the following morning. <laughs> yeah, it took about thirty hours to get home. <laughs> so yeah, missed half a day of work, but that's so maybe right. I shouldn't check a bag next time. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> depends how much faith you have in your airline. And then I do want to give a shout out to the World War One Museum. We went there on Sunday and. Uh, you know, it's Kansas City. It's the middle of nowhere to me, but this is a uh, top-notch museum. Oh, yeah. It's the National World War One Museum. So, yeah, great museum. Sad we missed out on the Dan Carlin VR experience, but still had a good time. Right. It's, it's a lot for rifle lovers, for uniform lovers, for cannon and artillery lovers. They had a, a lot of stuff. It was a nice uh, end to the... All the stuff we saw, that was a nice end to to the history of it all, you know? Town Center Museum. Yeah, if you're ever in the area, it's worth checking out for sure. But maybe in a month where it's not 105 degrees. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I like it. It's, it's nice and cool here today. Uh, it was in the 70s today. That's what I like. Must be nice. <laughs> all right, I think we covered everything here. So let's do a little recap here. The Friday rumor of it being deals is true. There are deals to be had on Friday. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. And it was great that we got in there to see it. It was so less crowded. It was awesome. And this particular show, because of they, they limited the non-military tables was a phenomenal high number of Milserp tables versus, I mean, like gun tables versus anything else table. Like there was, there could have been a lot of just like, um, books and ammo and parts but there was mostly gun tables it was amazing yeah that was that was nice to see so giving some credit to the missouri valley arms association for putting together a great show and everyone i met from the from the organization was awesome too so we went over some of the deals we almost got and didn't get the guys raising the price on saturday (laughs) good fud lord overheard Talked about right. our Fuddler. Remember the German shit is bad after 43. It's at 7-7 seven, seven fits at a grand. Put, shoot it. No, don't do that, please. Um, <laughs> we talked about some of this weird. Oh, there was a rare Glock uh setup thing there. That was one of the weirdest things there. Jokes. <laughs> it's sexy photos. Talked about the heat and KC, of course. <laughs> And all the other shit we saw. Oh, and the winner of the game, by the way, was the... Oh, we did say that, right? That was the Japanese cigarettes. All right. Yep. 
yeah. I think that's it, fellas. We made it. We survived. Nope. Oh yeah. Overall, it was a great show. I mean, everyone got along real well. Felt like we were been friends for years. So definitely looking forward to the next meetup next year. It might be KC. It might be Tulsa. We'll we'll know eventually. Right. And we have to plan better to buy stuff so we don't have to worry about oh, yeah. shipping it home. Maybe I'll drive. <laughs> and you too, Evan, you'll go back again another time? Yeah, for sure. It was a great... It was, I had a great time. Everyone's super nice. Like you said, we felt like we'd been friends for a long time. Yeah, we, we hung out um, at one of the members' house on Friday, and then Saturday we all went to the the legendary Danny's Wall of Millsurp. I got to handle his Johnson, his PP, a lot of things. <laughs> I think I did six Johnsons on Saturday. See, he, had, he handled six Johnsons. <laughs> so that was fun. All right. Thank you all. We will be back next time. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right. Laters. See you.